Just seeing how everybody's ripping me on Twitter right now. Yeah, Scott Kaplan back on 710 ESPN. John Clayton is on the way, our NFL insider. This person named Dre says, LMFAO, shocker, three white dudes on radio would put passive phrases on their jerseys like peace and vote. We were talking earlier about the social justice phrases that NBA players are allowed to use, and we were talking about which one would you want. And I was like, peace. Peace sounds nice. Like, hey, everybody, peace. And Brawny and Bergman were like, you know, vote. That's kind of an important message that I'd like to share with everybody. But you see, in today's world, if, if you don't pick the right phrase or, God forbid, you decide to keep your last name on your jersey, oh, dude, you're going to get blasted. What phrase do you want me to have, Dre? What phrase would you like me to have? You tell me. I need to know what's acceptable. Thank you. All right, John Clayton is here. And John Clayton is my longtime NFL insider, colleague who works the sidelines for the Seattle Seahawks broadcast. He's on the radio in Seattle on, ironically, ESPN 710. And ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Hi, John Clayton. Hello, legend. How about, <laughs> how about the legend introduction? That's pretty impressive. I mean, dude, I don't know, um, you know who signed off on all of that, but I can tell you right now it wasn't me. And if it would have been me, I would have been like, that's really good. That's, that's awesome. But, you know, in the meantime, I'm completely flattered and yet embarrassed. How are you? Uh, doing well. Everything yeah. going good in your world? Um, things are good. I just, you know, I want the NFL season to come back like I want the NBA. I want Major League Baseball. Hockey's not so much on my radar. Major League Soccer. But, John, you tell me. I mean, just make a prediction. Look into the future. You're hearing J.J. Watt question things. You're seeing maybe a little bit of talk about money. I'll get to that. You think the NFL is going to be able to pull it off from where we are today? As of right now, yeah. I mean, I think that you know they're going to pull off training camp. I'm not sold on the preseason games, whether it's going to be two or none. I still think it's got a better chance to be none, and I think they have a chance to start the season. And then, you know, after that, we'll see if there's going to be a second wave. I know we're still in the massive first wave that's been a disaster, but I think that, uh, you know, once that starts settling down, then everything, I think, uh, is you know, go into the season, and we'll see if anything does happen during the season. Well, when you say we're in the first wave, are we talking about in the world of football waves? No, no, no. We're talking in the world of Pandora. Of Pandora. I mean, again, when you look at the fact that uh, you know we're, we're you know we got, you got New York coming out of it, you've got Washington coming out of it. I mean, you know, this five, six, seven states, including California, that's got it big time. But no, we're talking about the uh, COVID nineteen because again, this thing is dominating everything. I mean, how about the fact that today? They make the announcement that uh, you know now the Big Five conferences are going to probably go out and play conference games only, and the Big Ten commissioner says, "I'm very concerned. I don't know if we are going to be able to do it." Yeah, the whole thing's got me really concerned as a parent of two college athletes, and I'm starting to think to myself, "Why is my daughter flying to the state of Tennessee tomorrow to start quarantine, uh, to start you know soccer training in early August?" I'm like, "What are we thinking here?" So I'm trying to like. Hey, coach, can you call me and like maybe she don't have to come tomorrow? Anyway, John Clayton is here on Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. John, I, I see the, the story that was put out the other day by an NFL Network reporter that gets picked up by Michael Thomas of the Saints. And, and then Patrick Mahomes jumps in on the tweet. And it really was the, the, the notion that NFL owners might ask NFL players to take essentially a 35% pay cut because there won't be fans, there won't be sales, there won't be parking, etc. Are you hearing anything that says football's about to go down the road of baseball? 
No, not at all. This is just negotiation that's going on right now. And, you know, what the both sides are trying to figure out is, okay, what's the best way to get a level cap next year, knowing the, the business is going to be down $3 billion to $3.5 billion as far as revenues. And so knowing it's going to be, you know, really tough to maintain even the 198.2 cap number, you know, you have all these different things going. Like, for example, naturally the players are concerned about the cap going down, but they're willing to sacrifice the entire preseason, which is about $800 million of revenue just to try to be safe and I think it's probably a wise thing to do but you know these are going back and forth like I you go back to and again I think uh, JC Treader the uh, new president of the NFLPA has done a really good job but remember just the other day uh, he was complaining about this NFL doesn't seem to care about the safety of the players and uh, look at the protocol problems we have and that night they agree on about 95% of the protocols I mean there's still a couple things like uh, they, they have to sign off on but you know this is a negotiation and the negotiation says, okay, we want to put everything in escrow. You'll get your money, but we can lower, keep the cap level, and then push the money off to next year. And they said, no, we're not going to do that. And so they'll go back and forth on this for a couple of days and then get some kind of a resolution. John Clayton, a longtime ESPN NFL insider, now broadcasts on 710 ESPN in Seattle, joining Scott Kaplan here on 710 ESPN in L.A. What do you think about J.J. Watt, though? I mean, you look around baseball first and you see a guy like Mike Trout, who's one of the biggest stars in the game, or a Mookie Betts saying, you know, I'm not so sure I'm feeling safe. And, and now you've got a J.J. Watt who's, you know, on the verge of going to training camp saying, I'm not so sure. What do you make of that? I think it's just uh, being honest because I don't care who it is. I mean, every, every player's got to be concerned. And so it's just who's going to say it and who's not going to say it. And because, uh, I mean, you can see with all the injuries he's had, uh, he probably now has some pre existing conditions that have got to be a concern. And he has to sort it out just like baseball players and hockey players and NBA players to see where he wants to go with this. I mean, he's a little bit older. Certainly he's got to be concerned about his health, you know, his new family and all that stuff. And uh, I think he's just being honest, and we'll hear more of that. Because, you know, think about the reality of where this is going to go when camps start between the 25th and 29th of July. We're seeing pretty much a 5 to 8% level, except in baseball. Baseball was a little less than 2%. But ultimately, uh, you can see that the percentage of positive tests are going to be 5%. And if it's 5% with 3,000 players, you're talking 150 players are going to test positive. And we've already got some that have already tested positive. And so it's going to be striking. It's going to be concerning. You've got to be concerned about you know, getting the virus, particularly in the early part of camp. And so because of that, players have to make decisions. See, and we're talking to John Clayton, longtime ESPN NFL insider on Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. See, John, it's hard to believe that all these sports can, can actually do this because everybody's going to be in contact. You know, the, the Lakers are going to play the Clippers, and Kawhi Leonard and LeBron James are going to be touching. They're going to be sweating on one another, their saliva, their breath. It's, and they're going to be tested over and over again, but we don't know. And then when you think about football, think about what the NFL has done today. They've said, look, we've come up with a couple of creative things here that are going to make sure that these players, you know, don't contract anything. And here's what we're going to do. When the games are over, and the guys usually meet at the 50-yard line, and they hug it out, and one guy takes off his jersey and gives it to his pal, and the other guy takes off his jersey, and he gives it to his pal. We're going to ban that. You can't do jersey exchange anymore. You can play football, touch each other, sweat on each other, breathe on each other, spit on each other, but you can't exchange jerseys. Do you think, John, that's a, a reasonable way to try and fight off the virus? Uh... Well, after three hours of uh, going at each other in the 
in the face and all near each other. No, it's, it's, and it's one that, ironically, you know, that's one of the things that the players haven't signed off on yet. And so, and you can see the reaction is not very good. So I don't know if the owners are going to hold on to that at all. And again, you can see the thoughtfulness. It's like, okay, so let's not have any exchange of a, a dirty jersey that's been spit on and all those different things. Let's not do that. But, uh, you know, in the end, the players have to at least sign off on it or they have to trade off on something else. John Clayton, longtime ESPN NFL insider on Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN in Los Angeles. Let me ask you this. If the NFL said to you, you are permitted to go on the Seattle Seahawks sideline and Kaplan, you can go over there on the Rams sideline for Monday night football and um, you can do your job. There will be fewer photographers. There'll be fewer. There'll be no fans in the stands. There'll be fewer security people. But you can go to the sidelines, John Clayton. You can go to your sidelines, Scott Cowan. You guys can do your thing. And when the game is over, you can interview the players, and we'll toss it down to you. And you'll, you know, they're sweating and they're breathing heavy, but you can do your interviews. If you could do your job the way you've always done your job, would you go do it this year, John? Uh, I, yes, I'd try to. Again, you know, I'll be like J.J. Watt. I've got to be a little bit apprehensive because I'm in that, you know, that negative age group that you have to worry. And so that's got to be a concern. But uh, first off, we, have to, we already now know from the protocol that only 184 people are going to be allowed to be on the field at any given game. And so, uh, that, and that's with TV network camera people. I'm sure it could be, you know, with, uh, you know, people from the NFL films and coaches, trainers, you name it. And so the numbers kind of dwindle. The one thing I do know is that uh, the post game interview is out. There's not going to be any individual interviews that'll happen. That's pretty well spelled out by uh, just about everybody. But again, you know, we got to see where it is on the sidelines. But certainly, I'd love to do it because you know the sideline stuff is some of my most favorite things to Mine do. Too. Mine we're too. Still waiting to find out if we're going to be allowed to do it. There is nothing like being on the sideline of an NFL football game. It's in Seattle. It's Monday night. The place is packed. It's going crazy. It's playoff atmosphere. Week one. There's nothing like it. And John, I'm not like I'm I'm not like a terrible germaphobe. I I think I've always carried antibacterial cuz I just want clean hands. But I I thought about all of this COVID stuff, you know, and and the number of times that a game ends, I'm standing there on the field at the Coliseum with a player after a game doing an interview, I'm touching him, he's sweaty, he's breathing in my face, I'm breathing in his face. I put the microphone to him, I bring it back to me. I mean, you do share a lot of germs. I never think about it. All of a sudden now, I'm, I'm starting to go, wait a second. Is now the time to be doing that? Yeah, I mean, that's going to that's gonna be it. And then, you know, where, where do the uh, sideline reporters kind of fit in the equation? We're all trying to figure that out. But, uh, yeah, it, it can become scary because, you know, I know, I don't know how you've been. I would imagine it's pretty much the same way. But uh, I'm in very little contact with human beings. Like the only thing that I do is that uh, you know I'll go out and get my wife uh, her prescriptions. I'll get her some uh, different type of food. I actually hired a, uh, a chef, so she gets the main entrees uh, from the chef. So it's going to be a lot more, uh, lot more variety for her to be able to eat. And then all, all I do is uh, you know exchange cre- credit cards, and that's it. Yeah. And so you know if I'm at a restaurant, which we're still in the state of Washington allowed to eat in at fifty percent because we're in phase two. You know, I'm, I'm not near anybody. 
and, uh, and I don't know how you've been. I don't know if the restaurants are open right now, but it's like uh, for in, in-store dining, uh, there, people are still apprehensive of even doing that. So I'm in so little contact with people. That's why you know, I've got to think through everything when we get to the season. Yeah, we're talking to John Clayton, longtime ESPN NFL insider on Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN Los Angeles. John, people may be hearing you right now, and you and I go long ways back, so I know the story well, but people may be saying, what's John talking about with his wife and food? Your wife suffers from MS, is that right? That's correct, yes. And because you got this big audience in L.A., I mean, tell us about it, just because there'll be somebody out there who's living it, who knows it, and, and you know, can hear how you're dealing with it. Yeah, she's got MS. She's got a, uh, you know, she's in a wheelchair. Uh, you know, she's still, we've tried different things to see if it would work, and so far not anything has been able to work to make her better. And, again, this is somebody who, when she was in coming out of college and uh, was uh, a referee in wrestling, and she was an AAU uh, referee in wrestling and would be able to go around the country to different events and all that stuff. And so, uh, you know, she's had MS really since she was like 28 years old, and so, unfortunately, at the age of, like, 49, 50, things started getting worse and worse. And so what I do is that, uh, and I've done this now for six, seven years, I hire uh, two, a caregiver for a four-hour shift. And so we have a rotation of about maybe you know, seven, six, seven caregivers who'll come over, and they'll spend either from 8 to 12 or 4 to 8. And then just when, the, when this uh, virus started, you know, I'm thinking, okay, to get her food, she's going to get sick of chain food because that's all that was open pretty much. And so I, brought the, I got this chef to basically you know, take care of her. But her spirits are good. She's smarter than I am. She's more attractive than I am. I'm very <laughs> fortunate to have her. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to believe more attractive, but but smarter, I, I could certainly buy. Hey, John Clayton, it is great no, to no, talk no, to you. Is that a shot at Duquesne from the pit guy? Dude, this is this is what happens when, when you take a couple of guys who go back to those Pittsburgh days. That's right. Pitt takes shots at Duquesne. I'm, I'm going to have Alex Van Pelt come after you now. <laughs> well, I'm hoping that Alex Van Pelt, my college roommate, can, can turn Baker Mayfield around. I mean, I saw a big article about that on ESPN.com recently, and I'm hoping that Van Pelt, because, you know, he had a great years in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers, and if he could bring that to, to Baker Mayfield, you know, then you're a step away from being a head coach in the NFL. Yeah, we're, ho- we're hoping for it because he does a good job. Yeah. Hey, John, it's great to talk to you and send uh, love to your wife. Appreciate you, buddy. Okay, thanks. John Clayton, and that's Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. And look, today's Thursday. It's not game day, but you can still feast like it is. Meet Church's new five-buck campfire smokehouse chicken, our fan favorite with a new campfire flavor, plus mashed potatoes and a biscuit. Church's bring that down-home flavor. Offer valid at participating locations. Okay, coming up. Yesterday, Boog Shambi who is the voice of baseball on ESPN Radio and ESPN Television, Boog Shambi made a promise. Did he keep that promise? And then I've got a question for you, which is, what would you do? And I'm going to tell you what that is next. This is Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. Yeah, Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN, Thursday afternoon, day four of a 10-day contract. So yesterday, if you were with us, we had Boog Shambi on the show. Just saying his name is funny. Boog Shambi. His name is John Shambi. Nobody calls him John Shambi. Everybody calls him Boog Shambi. Like 25 years ago, he was working at a radio station in Miami. Looked like Boog Powell, kind of. Everybody started calling him Boog. Before you knew it, he was Boog Shambi. And um, he was telling the story yesterday 
how he was broadcasting these Korean baseball games on ESPN television, but he's doing it from his home, his apartment in New York City. And so these games come on at 2.30 in the morning Pacific time. So I don't know about you guys. Like, I know people for the longest time are like, oh, my God, I'm so desperate for sports, dude. I'll watch anything. I'll watch NASCAR. And I'm like, okay, then the Korean baseball thing came out. And everybody was like, all right, well, I'm going to watch for a couple of games. And then they tried, and then they couldn't hang on to it. So I've never seen the Korean baseball broadcast where Boog's in his apartment in New York City calling the game. So it's a little embarrassing, right? Like you invite the guy on the show and he comes on, he talks a lot of good, you know, good stuff. And then he's like, what, you've never even seen what I do? I'm like, no. He said, well, I'll tell you what, you wake up, you text me, you show me that you're watching and I'll send a big old shout out to you and everybody out there at 710 ESPN. So at 2.25 in the morning, my alarm went off. I woke up, I turned on ESPN and I panicked because it was still like a rerun of SportsCenter. Guess what? It was on ESPN too. Whew, thanks. I, uh, good thing I pushed the guide, right? So now I push it. I'm watching. Boog told me, let me get through the first pitch. I take a picture after the first pitch and say, hey, I'm watching. And Boog Shambi delivers. Take a listen. So Eduardo, yesterday I was on a radio show with my buddy Scott Kaplan out 710 ESPN Los Angeles, and he was interrogating me on KBO Baseball. So I made him get up this morning to watch. No, is he up? Yeah, he's, he's in up. That, where, oh, he's where is up he? right in LA. Now. He's in LA. Oh. Or as he likes to say, it, the southern part of LA, San Diego. <laughs> Maybe you should go have some breakfast with Sut. I know Sut is not up. Oh my gosh, Sut is so not up. Rick Sutcliffe, not up. Scott Kaplan, yes, me. That's right. I was up. Boog, nice payoff, man. And sitting in his apartment, and can you imagine in his ears? He's hearing that noise, that background noise, guys, where he's like, it sounds like I'm at the ballpark. I mean, I'm sitting in my apartment, and when we go to a commercial, I'm getting up, and I'm going to my bathroom. I'm getting my bottle of water from my refrigerator, but it sounds like I'm really in the ballpark. Pretty cool. Yeah, yeah it's pretty cool. Do you, how much, do you actually know Rick Sutcliffe down there? I mean, you guys are close to each other, right? I do know Rick Sutcliffe. I do. Can you have breakfast with him? I theoretically feel like I could have breakfast with him. I mean, then then you can take a picture of it, send it to Boog, and then he can be like, hey, look at this. They're up and, and having breakfast together. The only thing is, if I have to be completely honest, and I told you from the very beginning, I can't lie. Right. Rick Sutcliffe doesn't love me. <laughs> Why is that? Or do you not want to say? No, I'm happy to say. Um, you remember years ago, maybe you don't remember, when Rick Sutcliffe went into the broadcast booth, but he was at a game as a fan and he was drinking and having a good time. And he went, do you remember that ever hearing about that? No, I don't know that one. Anyway, he walks in, he gets on the mic, he starts talking, he's slurring. I get on the radio the next, the next morning and I'm like, Hey, listen, give this guy a break, dude. Okay. You know, he's at the game. He's having a good time. He, by the way, he's hanging out with all the beer sponsors. Yeah. He was drinking and he stopped into the booth and he's having fun with these guys. And, and I was defending him. I swear to you, I was defending him every second of the day. Like no big deal. Come on, cut this guy a break. And, um, and then, uh, I took all those sound bites and I just kept using them for years. You know, I just kept using them. Like, hey, we're going to get up there with the Congress and we're going to solve that thing. And I just thought it was funny stuff. And then he was like, dude, that's not funny anymore. Can you stop playing those sound bites? And then like the more he wanted me to stop, the more funny I thought they were. I don't know. It's just, I think he's pissed at me. Oh man. People just being too sensitive. Like that's, that's, that is funny stuff. And then the, when you say to them, no, look, I don't like this. 
that's when you just keep hammering them. <laughs> I wasn't doing it to be a jerk. <laughs> I really wasn't. Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN brought to you by Barbasol Shaving Cream, an American original for over 100 years. Close Shave America, Close Shave Barbasol. Okay, let me talk to you guys about something. Listen, let me talk to moms and dads out there. Okay, look, if your kids play high school sports, you're probably still trying to figure out what's going on. If your kids play college sports, I think you're in the same boat. I was reading an article this morning in the LA Times about this family that started this Facebook group uh, about college football parents because the parents were saying to the university presidents and to the NCAA, hey, look, if we're about to send our kids to all these schools, Ohio State, LSU, UCLA, Michigan, et cetera, if we're going to send our kids to all these schools, can we, the parents, please understand the protocol? And by the way, let me bring it real close to home. I understand what these parents are talking about. Dude, tomorrow, oh my God, I'm getting chills. Tomorrow, my 18-year-old daughter, who just graduated high school, did anybody have a kid who graduated high school this year? was like, oh my God, this is the worst year. Graduation's canceled. No prom. Dad, you don't get it. And like dads will do anything to make their daughters, please stop crying. I beg you, I'll do anything. And so, uh, look, my daughter is going to play college soccer, and she's leaving tomorrow. Dude, it's, it's July 9th tomorrow to go to tennessee nashville tennessee middle of tennessee state where they're going to bring the athletes in they're going to quarantine the athletes they're going to check them every day then they'll start training and working out and then before you know it it'll be august and then they'll start their soccer practice and then the season but wait a second i have a question for everybody is this really going to happen the big 10 it's announced today on espn.com they're calling it breaking news the big 10 conference is saying We're only going to play conference games. So Michigan's only going to play Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, Indiana, Penn State, et cetera. UCLA, USC, Arizona, Arizona State, Washington, Washington State, you get it. So if that happens, look, the Ivy League has already canceled. The Ivy League's like, look, we don't really make a lot of money playing football, so there's no more football at Harvard. Okay, we're not doing it. Yale, forget it. Princeton, thanks, we don't need you this year. But the big schools... USC, UCLA, Michigan, Ohio State, Pitt, just throwing them in there. That's my school. Penn State. The big schools are probably contemplating still playing. That's, that's where the money's at. And so I'm saying to you guys, you tell me. I mean, I, I wish the coach would call, call me today and say, hey, look, she doesn't have to come. Keep her out there. You know, are we really going to play women's college soccer this season have you seen that stanford has now cut 11 varsity sports wrestling stood out to me but i was like okay rowing i get it fencing you know like hey how's your kid doing great man he's a great fencer at stanford look i don't mean to knock anybody because i know the kind of work that it takes to to compete at that level okay but i understand stanford going you know fencing not not quite as important as it once was, you know, like we, we just we're not making quite the much as much money with fencing as we once were, you know, it used to be jam packed houses. But now COVID social distancing, you know, we're just not going to have the revenue for fencing. I get it. But I'm asking, I mean, Bergman, what would you do? Would you send your kid right now cross country because the coach is saying, get here, check in get quarantined, let's make sure you're good, and then we'll start training August 3rd. Are they really going to play Conference USA women's soccer? 
Yeah, I think it's going to be really, really difficult when it comes to college sports just because they're not being paid to play. And they're not, so to put them at the risk that it comes to it's and not being paid for it, I don't think I'm very wary on whether or not it's going to happen. So I don't think I would send my kid, but I would have a complete conversation with them. So for you, your daughter, if I if it was my daughter, I would have a conversation with her. How important is this to you? Do you really want to go do this? Is it worth the risks of you if you possibly don't play and really have a full conversation with her? If she really wants to go, I mean, she's 18. She's an adult. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's not even her. it's not even the conversation we're having. I got to be honest with you. It's, it's more like a it's a it's an athlete conversation. It's like, yeah, I'm going to play. And and, you know, some players, Avery Bradley says, hey, I, I'm not coming to play. Dwight Howard was on the fence for a while. Mike Trout has got his doubts. Mookie Betts is saying, I'm not sure. J.J. Watt is all of a sudden questioning. Um, there are a lot of pro athletes that are make are, are trying to make their decisions or who have already opted out. Um, but it's like Tony Baselli earlier this week on the show. He's like, yeah, I'm a football player. Training camp's open. I'm in. And I just battled coronavirus and won. So I'm, I'm telling right. you, as a parent, it's, it's, it's a, as you're watching what's going on now, when the Ivy League cancels, when Stanford starts to say we can no longer afford these sports post-COVID, uh, and when the Big Ten is the first to say we're going all-conference, you start to wonder, can football be played and can any of the other sports be played? Yeah, I just uh, I mean, it's it's totally different. I understand Tony Baselli. I understand um, all the, the athletes that are in the NBA and MLB and NFL. If they want to play and they all come together and that's how it's going to be great. Let's bring it. Let's all have it happen. But you're not being paid in college. So the risk does the risk outweigh the reward. And that's how I'd be talking to my daughter about it. I know I'm, sorry. I'm freaking out, dude. You know why? Because they're going to school. They're not even going to school. They're doing school online. So wait a second. You're going to go there. You're going to take classes online, live in the dorm, practice with the team, and then when they cancel the season, then what? What, are you going to stay there? So, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm in a little bit of a personal dilemma. Somebody help me. 877-710-3776. 877-710-ESPN. Give me a dad. Give me a mom. Give me somebody whose kid plays sports. Somebody who's concerned like I am. Uh, somebody give me a little bit of advice. I'll take some advice on that. But right now it's time for a little straight talk. You know, even though most live sports are on hold, big wireless companies haven't stopped playing games. They're always trying to lock you into overpriced contracts. You see with straight talk wireless, there are no contracts. It runs on America's best network. Same as all the big carriers for up to 50% less 45 bucks a month. gets you an unlimited plan with 25 gigs of high speed data. Then 2g you might miss sports. I think we all do. But don't play games. You're going to lose. Straight talk wireless, no contracts, no compromise. Savings may vary. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. Gosh, I just read that really nicely. Seriously, it's like when you're jumping rope and you're trying to get to 100 reps, but you don't want to stop and you don't want to hit, and then you're concentrating. And all of a sudden, oh, and then, you know, you got to start over. That was good. That was a smooth read. I'm going to give myself a little bit of credit for that. I really am. Okay, coming up. If you want to jump in, now's the time. 877-710-ESPN, 877-3776. And on the way, time for Bergman and Brawny to pick apart whatever it is from today's broadcast. This is Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. Yeah, there's a lot of things I don't know. I just bring a lot of passion to stuff, you know, and I got an opinion about everything. I got a big fat mouth. My mother used to tell me all the time growing up, she would say to me, she'd say, you're going to get in trouble. Your big mouth is going to, it's going to get you in trouble, guaranteed. 
Trust me, it's gotten me into trouble plenty of times. My mother was one of those people who would always threaten me. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sew your mouth shut. That's what she would say to me. I'm gonna sew your mouth shut. And I was like, no, you're not. No, no mother is gonna take a kid and, and sew their mouth like with thread and needle. No, it's not gonna happen, ma. And then she sat me down like on the floor and she was on the couch and she was over me. She was grabbing my lips and she was taking the needle and she was threatening me that she, I mean, it was abusive. I'm telling you this now and like they're going to arrest her all these years later. ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on ESPN Radio appear via the Shell Pennzoil performance line. If you missed Stephen A. Smith earlier today, he was brilliant as expected. It's what happens when you make eight mil, dude. Everything you say is like, yeah, that was awesome. Coming up tomorrow, Matt Vaskersian, you know, Matty V from ESPN's coverage of Major League Baseball from the Major League Baseball Network. Kevin O'Connell, the offensive coordinator of the L.A. Rams, going to join us tomorrow afternoon. And I'm told that there's a strong possibility that Jerry West is supposed to join us. We're going to have a monster show on Friday. We're just going to blow it out, dude. Day four of a 10-day contract. Okay, time for Bergman and Bronstein to get here and tell me what have I screwed up today? Well, what you've screwed up is just that opening part right there. <laughs> that was what we're going to say you're going to you screwed up with today. Um, the Scotty doesn't know is the is the bed for this specific bit for you to to talk for us to talk over what you don't know and what screwed up. Oh, so you want to play that in the background. Right. Oh, okay. So, so all right. You ready, Brawny? You ready? Let, let's <laughs> let's do it all over again. Here we go. Rewind. Pl- here we go. Take two. Here we go. Okay. Here we go. Here's Bergman. <laughs> right. So, first of all, <laughs> that was exactly where it was supposed to be, and then you were supposed to be like, "All right, here we go. Now it's my turn." Uh, um, but either way, um, I I think. The fact that you had no idea what Family Matters was and that you knew it was a TV show, but you didn't know anything about the show itself or that really anything about it at all. Uh, I was a little disappointed in all that. Family Matters was a fantastic show with Steve Urkel and was really one of the shows that I grew up on. You know what I would like to know? I I would ask this question. What years was the show Family Matters on? Okay, what, what years were they? It was uh, 88 to 98, I believe. Oh, really? It was on for, it was on for like 10 years. Let me see. It's uh, nine, 1989 to 1997. Yeah, nine okay. seasons. Okay. So, yeah. so, you know. This isn't we, some small show. Yeah, but when, you, but when you think of like where you were in those years, 1989, right? I'm a freshman in college. And then what year did they finish up? Uh, it was actually 98. Yep. Not 89. Not. No. 98. Oh, did I screw that all up? 1989 to 1998. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So 1989. 1989, I'm a freshman in college. And by 1998, I'm starting to become, uh, you know, I'm in the early parts of my broadcast career. I was working at CBS Sportsline in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, doing internet radio. Did you, have you ever heard of, um, have you ever heard of TGIF? TGIF, like, thank God it's Friday? Yeah, thank God it's Friday. Yeah, it was, it was part a, of the ABC lineup, TGIF. Yeah, the, a, yeah, the ABC TGIF Friday lineup. That okay. was, you know, from like 8 o'clock to 10 o'clock, and one of those shows was Family Matters. Full you House, Boy Meets World. Come yep. on. Just step oh, really? by step. Yeah, yes. there's a whole bunch. Hang with Mr. Question. Cooper, Perfect Strangers. I have all a these question, though. M- you guys remember Must See TV? 
Yeah. Must see TV was what NBC was that like yep. Seinfeld into Friends? Yeah, it was Friends for sure. I th- yeah, I th- I'm pretty sure that was after, or at least it was. It was after. Yeah, it was after TGIF. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, TGIF was in my uh, my late teens through my late twenties, and just I guess for whatever reason, I was doing a lot of other stuff other than watching Urkel. Hmm. Too bad. I, I can forgive that. Yeah. Thank you. I can't. I know Bergman is like completely offended. Ah, see, now he's nerd-raging today, while I was nerd-raging earlier in the week for a much bigger reason. Yeah, your whole Star Wars thing was was completely out of line, frankly. No, hey, no, it was not. How dare you? <laughs> well, what's your problem today, Bronny? Well, my pro- like, it's, and it has, it, I don't know what it is with me, but it never has anything to do with the show. It's the problems in your personal life. How do you get caught up in a position that you should never be in in the first place where you have to choose between Fight Island and Hamilton? How do you let that happen? I'm trying to explain this story to you. Listen to me. Let me explain this. When when you get divorced, okay, you find out that there's a whole new world out there. And then you get involved in a new relationship. And then, you know, you're, you're kind of back to like, okay, whatever she says. And then so here I am. Uh, it's like my girlfriend said to me, hey, Saturday night, it's going to be nice. It'll just be us. We'll, we'll, we'll watch Hamilton. We both want to see it. And I'm like, yeah, babe, great idea. But I, I don't even, I'm just too busy and I got no bandwidth. So I, I'm, I'm like, oh, damn, the fight is Saturday night. Masvidal, Usman, I'm definitely watching that fight. So now I've got, and, and she hates violence. I mean, I can't watch any of the good movies that I like to watch with her because she hates violence. So I can't even say to her, hey, let's watch the fight together, where now she's like, okay, cool. We'll still hang out together. We're going to watch the fight. Instead, it's like, no, I don't want to watch the fight. Okay, I want to watch Hamilton. So what can I tell you, Bronny? Then you know what happens? You're going to watch Hamilton. Yep. No, no, no. No, no, no. 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 No, I'm definitely not going to watch Hamilton. I'm going to... I'm going to have to really make a decision. And I'm, I think that decision has been made. I think there's a lot of dudes rolling around right now going, bro, you watch Hamilton. Instead of the fight, your man card is revoked. And I'm like, yo, I don't use the phrase man card. And they're like, well, you know what I mean. And I do. That was an excellent conversation with yourself. But either way, way, I mean, isn't there another night that you can watch Hamilton? That's the point. Hamilton's always going to be there. The fight night is only one night. That's right. Fight Island. Abu Dhabi. I'm in on that. Hey, Barbasol Shaving Cream is available in five fantastic flavors to customize your close shave. Whether it's the classic original or sensitive skin, there's one for every face. Find your favorite Barbasol today. Okay, you guys have picked apart, and I get it. But here comes Crosstalk, Mason and Ireland next. This is Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. This Crosstalk puts a big smile on my face. Before we even start talking on air, I get a big smile. It's Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN, Mason and Ireland standing by during the commercial break. I don't know why, but Steve and I were kind of whispering to each other like this. It was a little weird. Yes, we were. What was weird about it? I don't know. We just started talking like this for no reason. Yeah, when you guys were having a separate conversation, then me and Scott are having a different conversation. Yeah, I found nothing weird about that at all. Now, (laughs) uh, that that probably means I've been doing this too long. All right, so let me ask you guys a question. I played golf this morning, and one of the guys at the golf course said, you know, if the numbers, the COVID numbers, don't start going down, we could revert back to shelter-at-home orders. 
Mm-hmm. Have you guys heard that? Yeah, that's what Garcetti said yesterday. Okay, so if that happens, oh, that knee that kneecaps sports, right? That would kneecap the Dodgers. That would kneecap any uh, practice that the Rams or USC might be doing. They wouldn't be excluded from that, would they? No, I they wouldn't. Think so. um, now, back a while ago, there was this idea that if because things were bad in California, not bad in other parts of the country. And there was the idea that if if we actually go ahead with it, it doesn't matter if they play at Dodger Stadium or not. They could play at Glendale where they have their uh, training facility. Um, and it, it really doesn't make any difference. So conceivably, you could play outside of your market. But Arizona's uh, numbers are just as bad as ours. Yeah, Arizona's are bad. Arizona's are bad. I mean, I yeah, I mean, I think we're getting we're getting squeezed here. Now, I haven't people? heard I haven't heard if the uh, if the mayor or the governor said anything today. Um, I normally rely on my mom for that. My mom is just uh, I, I think she's in love with Gavin Newsom, so she watches him every day in an almost hypnotic way. <laughs> must be the hair. That's yeah, it must be. It's yeah. got to be the hair. Uh, do you, they, you know a lot of people that came from Arizona because they were escaping the heat? Or do you know a lot of people from California that were like, oh, cool, all the bars and restaurants are open over there. Let's cruise over for a weekend. Do you know those people? Yeah, yes, but, I but do. Now if the numbers, Scott, are bad in both places, I, I don't know why why it would be an improvement to leave one and Well, but the I mean, other. let's face it, the, the numbers are crap in Florida. Yeah, right. Yeah, but Florida. Has I mean, the that's rules. where the that's that's where the bubble is. That's I mean, the 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 rules are or the uh, the cases are out of control down there. Yeah, but Florida has has so few rules. I mean, they'll do. They'll keep. Go- I I can't imagine Florida ever issuing another shelter at home. Did they even have one? Did they ever I have? Don't, a shelter I don't at know home? that they did. They broke their death record though yesterday. Yesterday was the most deaths they've had in a single day from COVID. But, but Florida, Any- Florida is a very weird state. It is a anything, weird state. Anything north of West Palm Beach is Georgia, and anything south <laughs> of West Palm Beach is New York. So it's a very, very bizarre state that gets cut down the middle. Yeah, and, and so it, it, it'll be – Buster only was on with us yesterday, Scott, and this is the main reason we asked Buster. Percentage chance that baseball starts on time and percentage chance that they finish. And he had a weird answer. He said, percentage chance they start on time, 30%. Percentage chance they finish zero. <laughs> and and the reason, his main reason for saying zero was this, that, that one of the states that had a high COVID rate would somehow kneecap everyone else. So, in other words, uh, like California, and he made this point, that California, Texas, Florida, and New York all had high COVID rates, and they all have multiple teams. They all have more than one team. Uh, but Mace, your point's interesting. If California, for example, did issue a shelter, at shut home, everything down, yeah, could they just move everything to Glendale or Tempe or wherever the spring training homes are for the four teams in California? Or they, I guess there's five teams because there's do we really Padres need baseball di- th- this badly? Yes, really? we do. We do. We do? Scott, okay. Yeah, Got we. It. I absolutely need it this Got badly. It. Well, you Scott, you could. Me. By the way, Scott, what you just said, you could apply to sports in general. Well, I think that in the case of the NBA, though, the, the fact that they could bring everybody to one spot versus what baseball is doing, where you got to fly from L.A. to San Francisco to Phoenix to Denver to San Diego, and everybody's doing the same tour, Houston over to, to Texas. And then you're like, wait a second. 
all these human beings in touch with each other. I was watching these MLS highlights last night. Guys score, guys win a game, everybody's hugging up on each other, but yet the NFL is talking about you can't exchange jerseys. It's the you NBA. You can't exchange jerseys, but you can wrap a guy up and throw him to the ground. Right. You can spit yeah. all over a guy during a game, okay? I can sweat all over him, but I can't exchange jerseys with him. I guess what I'm saying is, is that of all of these sports, I give baseball the least chance. At least that's my prediction. Uh, football? Well, football still has two things. One, they have a little bit of time, and two, they don't care. Because football just doesn't care. They don't yeah, care but, about but the, the play. time. The, the time is no longer working in their favor. The time is working against everybody's Probably so. favor. Probably so. Yeah, you're <laughs> I mean, the longer <laughs> it just seems like we're. I mean, you listen to Fauci. He's like, "Yeah, we're we're in the first wave. It's just starting. You know, we're just getting near the top of the first wave. It's like, damn, this was still the first wave. I thought this was the second wave. Right. I can't keep track of the waves. Yeah, it I is. We flattened the curve. Well, it 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 went back up. Because they're talking about doing shelter at home again. Hey, Scott, can I ask you a highly personal question? Anything. Are you Jewish? I am. When you saw, I asked Mason this yesterday, when you saw the reaction to the Deshaun Jackson comments, um, and the way I phrased it to Mason was, when Drew Brees um, said the wrong thing, a ton of players condemned him. Like a ton of players came at him and said, look, this isn't right. Um, And Drew apologized and he came back. Everybody knows Deshaun Jackson's comments weren't right. But as our friend Matthew Berry pointed out, almost no players have condemned Deshaun Jackson. Now, the Eagles did. The NFL did. um, Other groups have. Broadcasters have. um, Talk show hosts have. But very few other players have. Why do you think that is? Because there's no Jewish players. Yeah, exactly. See, the thing is, is that... But should it matter? I mean, I was offended by it, and I'm not Jewish. Okay, so look, when Drew Brees said what he said... You know, he had been saying the same thing for four years, but his timing couldn't have been worse, and people use the phrase tone deaf. Okay, fine. But he offended so many of his colleagues, his peers, and they came at him. And then all of a sudden, LeBron James is tweeting and just piling on. And before you know it, Drew Brees apologizes, and here's what happens. Half the people said, I don't accept your apology because I don't think you should have apologized. And the other half of the people said, I don't accept your apology because I think you were forced into it. So the dude could not win either way. Deshaun Jackson is clearly nowhere even near as famous as Drew Brees. And because he's an African-American man who said something about, you know, a group of people that Julian Edelman is our representative. Yes. Julian Edelman is our Sandy Koufax of the generation. I am yes, not joking. It's true. You know, and so so now you've got one guy who I thought put out a great message. But I watched that Stephen Jackson interview last night on Don Lemon, and it reminded me of when Chris Rock was doing an impression of Ed Bradley trying to lead Michael Jackson down the road on 60 Minutes. I mean, Don Lemon was trying desperately to say to Stephen Jackson, Dude, just apologize. And he was, he really wasn't He was buying. really cagey about the apology. I mean, it was almost in the line of one of those, I, I'm sorry if I offended people kind of You know of what, apologies. guys, you know what it made me think of when Don Lemon was trying to give him an off-ramp? It reminded me of Ted Koppel saying to Al Campanis, I'm going to try and help you out here because I think what you're saying is a bunch of crap. You don't really believe that, do you? And Campanis never, never took the off-ramp. Finally, Stephen Jackson, after about 20 minutes, did you guys watch that whole thing? Yeah. No, yeah. didn't watch the whole thing. I yeah, just heard, heard the highlights. Yes, yeah, Stephen, after about 20 minutes, finally figured it out. And, and like Michael Wilbon said yesterday on PTI, he undid all the good he did with George Floyd in well, one if, day. 
And and Scott's right though. If there were more Jewish, prominent Jewish athletes, I think in the NFL, uh, they would have come forward. Um, and you know, I what what he said is just. Yeah, I don't heinous. know if I buy that. I was. I'm not Jewish. You don't think if there were more Jewish players that no, they would have come forward? I'm not Jewish, and I have no problem in saying what he said was reprehensible, and there should be uh, there should be consequences for that. Yeah. I would. I would probably cut him. But you know what, though, they, they, they the comeback was. Now hold on a second here. Here's Deshaun Jackson, and he said something that was really insensitive, and he's come back and he's apologized, and now it's like wait, but now let's talk about Riley Cooper, the N word how he was punished by the franchise, et cetera, et cetera. So it's like, hey, this isn't fair. It's like, guys, the world has changed, okay? Yeah, The world lot. has changed. And so I thought what Michael Wilbon said was also very interesting because he said you now have just undermined your credibility. You were the face of a movement because yeah. you were brothers with this with, with George Floyd, and, and now you've undermined yourself. And I even thought Stephen A. said it well this afternoon. He said, you know, that he's distracted from what his message was, and now nobody's paying attention to the message anymore. And I thought uh, Julian Edelman's offer to take him to the National Holocaust Museum um, is something I hope uh, Deshaun Jackson takes uh, takes him up on. By the way, that is I, I've, the only one I've been to is I've been to the one in L.A. It's it's in um, it's on Pico mm -hmm. near the Fox yeah, the, lot. The, the uh, tolerance the, uh, Simon Wiesenthal Center. Yes, it, it's it's fantastic. It's well, you know me. I love I love museums. I, I go to them all the time. But that one is really good. I would. Well, and I mean, to it, to anybody that's ever stood in, you know, in Europe, I went to uh, visited Dachau. I mean, it's it's chilling. I mean, it's just, it's a chilling thing. And so to experience that and to get a better understanding of uh, the oppression and the brutality uh, that Jews have had to deal with uh, over the course of centuries um, is an education for Deshaun Jackson. And I'd like to think this was just a, a, um, a complete cultural blind spot for him. Just, yeah, but, but you just know what, wasn't thinking. But Steve, you know what? This is the beauty of the time is that, is that, after George Floyd's murder, I believe that many of us, Jewish, gay, black, white, male, female, it doesn't matter. More of us want to have the open, honest, candid, respectful conversation so that we can try for the uh, we can try better this time um, than what happened in the late 60s. You know, let's try better. We're a different society. It's a different world. And we we all need to now learn. I'm the white guy that didn't know that there was a black national anthem. I am sorry. Let me learn. Teach me. OK. But on the other hand, hey, when you use Hitler. Oh, dude, that's just really bad. It offends a lot of people. And I realize Jews are a very, very small percentage of the population, you know. But seriously, it's just not cool. You can't spew hate when you're asking everybody to love. And that's really, right. I think, the point. And that, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the heart of it. Well, Scott, how did day four go overall? Day, day four went, I think, exceptionally well on a couple of levels. One, Boog Shambi, man of his word. I woke up at 2.25 in the morning to hear his shout on, on Korean baseball Yeah, I broadcast. heard that. So that was kind of cool. Stephen A. was great. I hadn't spoken to Stephen A. in quite a, to quite a long time, and he was good to come on today. My man John Clayton is always interesting and bizarre at the same time. So it was a, it was a fun day. It was a really great day, as a matter of fact. Good, good. Uh, well, we, uh, I assume you're back for tomorrow? I am coming back tomorrow unless they fire me between now and then. 
But I've really, stranger I, things have happened. But yeah. I would bet on you being it, back. It is it is radio, but I think we'll hear from you. Yeah, I hope so. Well, they guys, have change the whole format, Scott. As you know, <laughs> think we could be a country western station by tomorrow. By tomorrow, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Well, uh, have fun tonight. We'll see yeah. you tomorrow. Yeah. Have a great show, guys. Cool. Thank you very much. Thank you, Amanda and Bergman and Bronstein and Chris Morales. Thanks to all of the great seven ten ESPN listeners. Until tomorrow, this is Scott Kaplan on ESPN on seven ten. Peace.